This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, hustle in the house. Yeah, hustle in the house. What is going on? I'm Rob Faye. Welcome to your weekend edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 23rd day of October. It is a Saturday. And it is so cool to catch up with you here on the weekend because this is a real busy time. Canucks and Kraken going to do it for the first time ever from Seattle in the regular season. We're going to get into NCAA college football. We're going to talk about basketball. And we will even touch in on Major League Baseball. One team has punched their ticket to the World Series. Walker Buehler is going to try his luck to get the Dodgers to a Game 7 against the Braves, who are hoping that by the night's end, they will be ready to get down against the Houston Astros. But let me get you to that one story, kind of correlating to what we just talked about seconds ago. That one story that rises above all the rest. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. Okay, so as you know, the Houston Astros have punched their ticket to the World Series, getting past the Boston Red Sox, and now they will face either the Dodgers or the Atlanta Braves. By the way, Walker Bueller is going to pitch later tonight in Game 6. It was supposed to be Max Serger, but apparently Serger's got dead arm, which is uh, at the worst possible time for the Dodgers. Walker Bueller should be good, and then I would imagine if it does go 7, Max Serger will get the ball then. Let's get back to the Houston Astros, though, because they're off to the World Series third time in the past five years that the Astros have gone there. Now, usually you would celebrate that because you'd say, boy, this is bordering on a dynasty. And I know that that word gets overused way too much. And I don't think even with this, they are anywhere near a, quote, dynasty. But once again, the accusations of cheating are swirling around the Houston Astros. I'm going to play you some audio because I know you're listening to this, whether you're on your computer, maybe you're in your car. So I'm going to do my best to make sure that I keep this audio pure. There is no editing to this. But listen for the whistle just before the crack of the bat. Because this is what's being said about the Houston Astros. They're not banging drums in the dugout anymore. But apparently, the whistle is what is letting hitters know what pitch is coming. Listen in. High fly ball left. Damage done. Tag it. But just nine pitches in the first inning. And Jordan Alvarez hits the ball in the left. Back at the wall. It's going. Keep. This ball is at the wall and gone. There it goes to left. Altuve has tied it. Full credit on the audio going to Fox Sports. Now, I'm not sure if you got them. There were four of them in that clip. Some of them a little more prominent than others, but there was definitely a whistle a good second before the ball is struck. Tell me the Astros aren't doing this again. I'm actually going to say that they're not doing this and that this is dumb luck or this is editing or it is something that does not take them down that same road again. Tell me the Houston Astros aren't trying to find a way to do it all over again. In 2017, in 2018, they got caught. Cameras, 
relayed messages. And you know what? For the record, everybody in baseball tries to pick up the other team's signs. That is normal practice. But when it gets to the technology assisting in those efforts, that's when it becomes, quote, cheating, at least in my estimation. So the reason I don't think so is because Dusty Baker wouldn't play that game. Dusty Baker is the new manager, well, the quasi-new manager of the Houston Astros, taking over for A.J. Hinch once he was suspended. Uh, Joey Cora, of course, was involved with that, and Cora ironically gets ousted by the Astros. Cora is now the manager of the Red Sox. And here we are with the same accusations a couple of years later. Major League Baseball has not even gotten involved in this. God, could you imagine on the eve of the World Series, you got to go to Rob Manfred again and ask him the questions about the Astros and cheating and whistling as opposed to banging drums. I mean, this couldn't have come at a worse time for Major League Baseball and the Houston Astros who are both trying to move on and get things done. But if they are cheating and they do get caught, then the punishment that they got away from relatively unscathed the last time. I I really thought that Major League Baseball let them off the hook, and then COVID allowed them to skirt a lot of the fan bases who were irate. If they would have played a full season without having to take that time off with COVID, every ballpark that they went to would have been relentless. I mean, that would have been the shame tour of all shame tours, and the Houston Astros were able to kind of work their way around it. But if this gets proven again. I not only think that should they win the World Series, you strip them of that title, I think you suspend that entire franchise for a calendar year. You take the Houston Astros right out of baseball. You pluck them right out of the American League West, and you punish them for an entire season. That is, again, if this is true, if it ends up becoming reality, I think you have to take those extreme measures. And I don't care who the owner of that team is. And I don't care what you think the punishment might be or how severe it could be. You remove them from baseball, period, for an entire year. That has to be the punishment if they get caught doing this again. So, again, Whistlegate's going to find its way through. You have to remember something, and I say this with all due respect, and I'm going to try to make sure that I give you a balanced account of what this could be. As much as we sit back and we want the Houston Astros to trip on their own shoelaces, this could be edited, this could be modified, this could be accentuated. You never know in today's day and age where you can really, with a couple of clicks, create an environment that is not natural. But if this is real, then the punishment has to be so severe that no team would ever contemplate doing this again. If the Houston Astros are cheating the game and they're using technology as their aid, even if it's a camera in center field, then this team, this franchise, gets removed from the game of baseball for an entire year. And I know that that affects a number of jobs in a city, which is Houston, that would uh, definitely take it on the chin. There'd be a lot of people out of work. But if you're going to try to cheat the game once, shame on you. If you try to cheat the game twice within five years and I don't put you out of baseball, then it's actually shame on me that I couldn't police the game. So Rob Manfred, when he does get around to this, and Major League Baseball has to at least look at this. It is too widespread now. News reports, uh, all of the major stations are picking up on this now. They're going to have to address this at some point. They're going to have to look into it. And I can tell you right now, Now that it is public knowledge, now that people are looking at this, Houston has to stop doing it because if they get caught even one more time, if this happens once in the World Series and it's true, there will be 
hell to pay. And not just for Major League Baseball. All right, let's get to the rest of the stories. Weekend edition of Sports Bar Radio. I'm so glad you got the Canucks getting ready to take on the Seattle Kraken. College football is active. The NFL is uh, tomorrow, and there's a bunch of storylines there. And we will even touch in on the association. Let's get to it. We got a lot of sports. Weekend edition of Sports Bar Radio is fantastic. And if you haven't listened to this show, what we have at the sports bar is we sit up near the front where the bartender's close, but every once in a while we decide that we're going to go into the back room where the bouncer's at to make sure that if we can get past the big burly guy, that we can get into that one room where we house everything in the world of sports. Let me see if I can get you into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Okay, let's start with the National Hockey League. Vancouver Canucks and Seattle cracking down the I-5 tonight. Just one of 13 games on the docket today for the National Hockey League. Now, this is a game that is a pick'em. According to those in Vegas, Canucks coming into this game 2-2-1. Kraken won 3-1, but playing their first ever game in the regular season at home at Climate Pledge Arena. Final game of a six-game road trip to start the season for Vancouver, and this is the first home game for Seattle after five on the road to start the season. Now, I'm sure that you've heard this game broken down six ways to tomorrow, whether it's on Sportsnet 650 or whether it's Securus and Price or whoever. Uh, there's so many guys in Vancouver breaking this one down. So let me get you to what Vegas is thinking because the over-under in this game is six. The money line has Vancouver at plus 125, the Seattle Kraken at minus 145. But the real question is which of these teams' offense can get going? Vancouver's offense generating just 2.8 goals per game. That is on 35 and a half shots. They're in the top six in the NHL on shots taken and yet right now still struggling to find the back of the net. You look at the flip side to that, Kraken averaging just 26 shots per game. That is last of all 32 teams in the NHL. NHL. If you're a betting person, here's a couple of tidbits for you. The total has gone under in all five of Vancouver's games. Vancouver coming off that 4-1 victory over Chicago it was the first time that they were able to score three or more goals since that game back in Philadelphia uh, where they actually picked up the 5-4 victory. They've only scored three or more goals twice this season. The Kraken coming in on a three-game skid where they have not managed to score three goals dating back to their 4-3 victory over Nashville. So even though the over-under in this game is six, you might want to contemplate the under when you combine the fact that Seattle is dead last in the NHL in shots generated and the fact that both these teams are scuffling. The only thing that I will say is that Vancouver, if they got anything left in the tank, if they could put enough puck on net, they might finally be able to get a little puck luck here and come home getting ready for their first game at Rogers Arena in more than a year and a half. That said, I would take the under in this game if I was a betting man on Vancouver and Seattle. Again, that's just one man's opinion. If you're going to place money, please do responsibly. Other games of note today see San Jose try to stay perfect against Boston. Over under on that one is six and a half. San Jose coming in at plus 155. Boston at minus 188. Toronto at Pittsburgh where the Maple Leafs have lost three of their past four including a 5-3 loss to San Jose just last night. College football, it is moving day, and a couple of teams with high rankings right now in a little bit of trouble. Cincinnati, one of the top-ranked teams in the BCS, tied with Navy at 10 going into the half. Isn't that something? 
And number three, Oklahoma at the half, down 10 nothing to Kansas. There's some very big seeds that are in a lot of trouble today. And if one of those teams is to falter, then it's going to shuffle the deck in a big way. And one of the biggest benefactors would obviously be a team like Alabama. Michigan today favored by 23 and a half points against Northwestern. Michigan at last check is up by three. All right, to the NFL and Russell Wilson's timeline. It looks like it might be a little bit shorter than the Seahawks first thought. He is healing very quickly and is scheduled to have that pin removed from his middle finger this coming week. And according to Mike Garofalo of NFL Network, could have an immediate return and be ready when he is eligible in week 10. Seahawks quarterback undergoing surgery just a day after spraining that middle finger in his throwing hand on a Thursday night loss to the Los Angeles Rams. He was placed on the IR just a few days later, meaning that he would have to miss a minimum of three games. That injury snapped Wilson's streak of 149 consecutive regular season starts, but wouldn't that be something if they could get him back into the lineup in the next couple of days? Only question is by the time Russell Wilson comes back, will the Seahawks be too far down that hole to be able to make any noise in the NFC West? Well, not sure if you have Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills in your fantasy pool, but the tight end is not expected to be out long-term after undergoing surgery on his broken hand. Knox timeline about three weeks, and there is a chance he only misses just a couple of games. Good news for him, the bye week, which again means he could miss just two games. Okay, to the association, and this probably should have been a story that was a little higher up in the hierarchy of how I'm bringing you the news today, but the Suns' Chris Paul becomes the first player in NBA history with 20,000 points and 10,000 assists. Paul finishing with 23 points, 14 assists, in the Suns win over the Los Angeles Lakers last night. And it was in the middle of the second quarter where Chris Paul got to the line, knocked down the first free throw, reaching 20,000 points, and becoming just the 47th player to even reach that benchmark. He'd already taken care of the assists. He's fifth all-time on that list with 10,299. And isn't this something? None of the other players in that 10,000 assist club, be it John Stockton, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, uh, Magic, or Mark Jackson, have been able to match Paul's scoring. Stockton, the only one even close at 19,711. And even more impressive, Paul has played fewer games than everybody in that group, minus Magic Johnson. One note here, LeBron James will probably join Chris Paul in this club very shortly. Uh, LeBron needs 294 more assists to get there. Five pack of games in the association today, including the 101 Raptors at home getting ready to take on the Dallas Mavericks who are in search of their first win of the season. And boy, did the Raptors bounce back in a big way. They dominated Boston yesterday, basically humiliating the Celtics 115-83. Raptors once again will be without Pascal Siakam. He had shoulder surgery, but got picked up by rookie Scotty Barnes who had a mediocre opener but scored 25 points, 13 rebounds in 35 minutes for the Raps. He was the fourth overall pick in the draft, 11 of 17 from the field, and even got his first NBA three-pointer. Gary Trent Jr., who replaced Goran Dragic in the starting five, added 20 points, had four steals for the Raptors as well. Doncic did play, had 18 points and 11 boards to pick up their first victory. No rest for the Wicked. They're getting ready to take on that high-powered offense in Chicago on Monday. 
And it is a very special congratulations to the Abbotsford Canucks who won their first game on home ice, defeating the Henderson Silver Knights 3-2 in front of a sellout crowd. Forward Justin Bailey with the overtime winner. And all of the dignitaries were out there, including Francesco Aquilini, uh, Canuck legend Stan Smeal, and then the biggest pop of the evening prior to that overtime goal, Daniel and Henrik Sedin introduced to the crowd. And finally, this afternoon, BC Lions in Winnipeg to take on the 9-1 Blue Bombers. Blue Bombers win this game. They clinch top spot in the West Division. Even if they lose, if a couple of other things fall into place as well, losses with Edmonton and Calgary, they will do the same. But BC is in a real pinch right now, heading into this game at 4-5, and five, need a victory, looking to bounce back after a pretty tough stretch where they have three straight losses, started the season so well, and uh, the warts have been exposed, and now taking on the best team in the Canadian Football League. Last night, Montreal looking for a little redemption against the Toronto Argonauts, who beat them 30-27 in their last meeting. Montreal hammered Toronto 37-16 to kick off Week 12 in the Canadian Football League. As mentioned, BC going to take on Winnipeg. Other games today, Hamilton hosting Ottawa and Calgary taking on Saskatchewan. All right, there it is, a nice, easy weekend edition of Sports Bar Radio. My thanks to everybody behind the scenes from Equity Guru. Uh, my thanks to Chris Perry. My thanks to Galen and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. My thanks also going out to Jay Swing, producer extraordinaire, who last night was the DJ at the Abbotsford Canucks game. I love that he's back playing music in front of a bunch of people, the Canucks of Abbotsford are very lucky to have him. Until you and I do this again on Monday, hope you're getting around safe, and I hope you're staying dry. The weather in Vancouver's not exactly perfect, but it was so nice to make your acquaintance if this is the first time you've checked in, and if you're listening once again, thank you so much for making me a part of your day. Until we do this again on Monday, I'm Rob Fay. This has been Sports Bar Radio. Have yourself a great weekend.